Hey everyone, welcome to The Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than sobbing at the phrase, my batteries are low, it's getting dark. <laughs> Joining me tonight is the host of Tab Talk, Tabitha. <laughs> I hate you so much, I've been having a lot of feelings <laughs> about this Mars rover, and now you just brought them all back to the forefront of my life, and I'm not happy. Uh, also joining us is Matt. Hello. And Lydia. Did I miss something? Tabitha, do you want, do you want to no. go ahead and explain? No. R.I.P. gone too soon. <laughs> it was 14 years. That's too soon. It was supposed to last 90 days. You were supposed to last 90 days. <laughs> wow. wow. The Mars rover has finally gone dark. It's been up Aww. there for a hot second. Since like 03. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember watching that happen. Mm-hmm. And then like... The last couple of messages, and it's just, and they played it a song and told it thank you, and it's just all really nice. <laughs> what song did they play? I don't know. I looked at it today. I follow NASA on all the things, but they played it a song over their feeds, and then it went dark. It's in my, it's getting dark in my batteries. That's sad. I know. <laughs> I mean, you, poor little rover. Since I'm like the only one drinking, do you want me to pour out some coffee or <laughs> pour out some apple juice and coffee for our homie on Mars? <laughs> Yeah, they played it. NASA played it a song through its speaker, and then it went dark. I will. No, that is not it. (laughs) That is not the song. I don't remember what it was. But if it is, someone at NASA needs fired. Everyone at NASA needs fired. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is fair, but. Anyway, so, um,. We spent last weekend at LodgeCon, so uh, I just want to, before we get started, I want to give a special thanks again to them for having us up there, um, especially once they knew what they were getting themselves into. Like and they invited us back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Patrick was drunk. <laughs> Mistakes were made. Makes sense. Was he there for Circle of Death? I don't remember that. Ooh. We played Circle of Death. <laughs> So, Who are you people? Pickett doesn't remember that. How did we get home? God only knows. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, when that happens, I always want to point out that it wasn't me. Because I typically uh, smile when I laugh. So, true. Job, Lydia. <laughs> um, also, I do want to point out that um, we haven't put them up yet, but we're going to be putting them up hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, but we did uh, get to interview uh, both Bead Streets which uh, and uh, Kudo Plays. They're both kind of our neighbors at uh, at LodgeCon. And both really fun interviews, really cool interviews. Um, so check those out when they become available. So um, we're going to actually start tonight with Gut Reaction. Because uh, there were a few, couple of big trailers that came out. And uh, I wanted to make sure that we talk about those first. And so we're actually we're going to start with Lydia and Frozen 2. Yeah, so I think the trailer came out yesterday, around like yeah. yeah. Um, they dropped a teaser trailer, it was about two minutes long. Uh, you didn't really get a whole lot, but you saw like Elsa running into the ocean and waves and water. It was basically just a big collaboration of scenes from the movie, but like, you don't really get much of the storyline, but it does look like it's a lot darker than the first one, which intrigues me. Um... It looks beautiful, and honestly, this makes me want to see Frozen more than I wanted to see Frozen in the past however many years Frozen has been out, so I'm going to give it a thumbs up, because even though people are like, oh, it's a bunch of nothing, well, yeah, it's a teaser trailer, that's what they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Frozen, was not a huge fan, um, but this does look darker, mm-hmm. and it looks like there's actually more of a storyline to this one. So I'm into it. So thumb sideways just because I had beef with the first <laughs> Matt. Um, yes, it definitely does look darker. Um, I really enjoyed the beginning sequence where it shows um, Elsa like extending her powers. Like her powers have obviously grown. She's gotten used to them. She has more use of them. Um, and that alone kind of intrigues me to see where this is going to go. Um, aside from the darker tone. Um, so I'm going to go thumbs up on this one. Um, now, surprise, surprise, I haven't seen the first one. Um, I'm giving not necessarily the movie itself. I'm giving this trailer a thumbs down. And, okay, so, like, I understand why she did it. But 
I get like really uncomfortable whenever I see other people running on rocks barefoot, and that's what Elsa was doing. And mm, like I was, my 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 toes were curled in, like I was clenching, like I was like, "That's gotta hurt, Elsa. I can't do it." I no. So you would be horrified to know that I walk on gravel like I'm walking on carpet. Like Same. it doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> yep. You people are monsters. <laughs> like, lay me down some Legos. Walk on them all day. Don't, won't even flinch. Little tenderfoot. Aww. Mm. Go with your little baby face. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> you know, we've never been kicked out of his house before. You think it might happen? I think he's tried. Uh, I'm hard to remove. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. So, um... We also got um, a new trailer for Aladdin, and we finally got our first look at Will Smith as the genie in blue. Um, I thought that the trailer itself, I, I I think that it looked really cool. I'm clearly in the minority, because everybody on the internet hated genie's look. I didn't, for a couple of reasons. One, he's blue, just like all y'all who were complaining when we saw that first look a couple months ago and Will Smith wasn't blue and they were like, well, why isn't the genie blue? Well, now he is and you're not happy. <laughs> Second off, <laughs> we are still, what, like three months out? That is not how he's going to look when the movie finally hits the big screen. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it a thumbs up. Um, I'm ready for more. Lydia. I honestly didn't see the actual trailer, but I have seen pictures from the trailer where he is blue and all that. And I honestly, like the same as you, I love the way he looks. I think they did a really good job of making him into the genie without making him look too much like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, he, they can improve on it. Right. But it it's not be bad. Improved, but it's not... I, I was honestly worried they were going to make it too cartoonish. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like I said, I haven't seen the trailer, but I'm going to give the picture a thumbs up. Tabitha. <laughs> I'm okay with the way the genie looks. I'm just still not okay with this remake happening at all. Like, leave Aladdin alone. Hashtag leave Britney alone. Hashtag leave Aladdin alone. Like, <laughs> I'm ready to I'm ready to start that campaign. Um, someone, I saw something on the internet the other day, and it was like, people keep complaining about the way the genie looks. And, like, I was like, yeah, I mean, he doesn't look great. Like, I get it, but whatever. And then, like, someone either commented or it was in secondary post on it or something that basically said... Um, and then I remembered that Robin Williams would want us to like mm-hmm. whatever is happening on the screen. And I'm like, okay, you got me. So thumbs <laughs> sideways. Matt. I am still in the camp. Like, I don't even know why this is happening. Like, I, <laughs> I don't. Like, I don't understand essentially any of these live action Disney movies. Like, period. Like, why are we doing these? These are classics. Why do we have to do these over again? Because we have better technology, they don't need to be live action. I don't know. It, whatever. I, just in general, I'm going thumb sideways on the whole idea still. Uh, Tabitha, let's talk Tolkien. <laughs> yes, let's. So, <laughs> Fox has finally released a trailer for Tolkien, the biopic starring Nicholas Holt. And so I don't sit here and gush and whatever. I'm just going to read the description. Uh, Tolkien explores the formative years of the orphaned author as he finds friendship, love, and artistic inspiration among a group of fellow outcasts at school. This takes him into the outbreak of World War I, which threatens to tear the fellowship apart. All of these experiences would inspire Tolkien to write his famous Middle-earth novels. This looks incredible. Like, the, like, flashing in and out of his life, flashing in and out of the books thing, like... I've watched this trailer an embarrassing amount of times since it came out. Like, more than 10, less than 50. Like, somewhere in there. 49 and a half, right? <laughs> Maybe. 29 and three quarters. What is this, a Harry Potter platform? Um, <laughs> two very enthusiastic thumbs up. Like, even if this is bad, I'm still going to love it. Like, I'm so happy. Matt. I love this idea. I love getting the background. I think Nicholas Holt is going to be fantastic in the role. Um, I have always loved Lord of the Rings. Um, I don't know a whole lot about uh, Tolkien's like life, so I'm really interested to see how this plays out. How like what we learn from this, um, and yeah, like the intermixing of like his life with the books is I think is going to be fantastic. So thumbs up. Uh, yeah, like I. I'm blissfully ignorant about Tolkien's life, Tolkien's work. I mean, 
Maybe not blissfully ignorant, but definitely ignorant. Uh, <laughs> Just ignorant. <laughs> um, that should be on my business card. Ignorant. Um, but, uh... <laughs> I can make that happen for you. I have another Vistaprint coupon. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> we'll talk after the show. Um, but, uh... But yeah, but like the trailer, just you know, just with the trailer, I, yeah, it looked, it, it looks cool, mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right. Like the mixing between like the real life and his works, like it's, I, I think, I think we're in for a treat. So thumbs up, Lydia. I agree. It look, it looks beautiful. I like the way that they were mixing him. I also like that over the top. He's like narrating and like stories mm-hmm. of love, of fellowship, that, mm-hmm. like just that mixed in with the flash in between scenes made it all the better thumbs up big time uh tab that we're gonna stick with you and the act okay so do you guys know anything about this story okay mm-hmm. i assumed you probably would um no offense you guys um <laughs> um we got a teaser trailer from hulu uh for the act which is the story of dd and gypsy rose blanchard um it's gonna be on hulu dg dd was gypsy rose's mother use the term mother lightly and she had munchausen by proxy and she essentially made gypsy rose sick to the point where the poor child almost died and then flash forward a couple of years spoiler alert gypsy rose finds out she's not sick she meets someone on the internet and they off her mom okay so she ends and the mom has ended up at this point collecting a lot of donations and there was a documentary called <laughs> I don't remember the name. I don't of the remember the name of the documentary either. There was a documentary recently-ish mm-hmm. released, and now this is the reenactment movie. Dramatization. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, show that begins on March twentieth on Hulu. I am more excited for this than I probably should be, but I'm giving it a thumb sideways because it's going to make me very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I sadly know almost nothing about this aside from what Tabitha just said. Um, so. I don't know. A lot of times, like these types of uh, dramatization, like biographical stories, always interest me. But I have a hard time actually sitting down to like invest myself in them. Uh, so, just on that regard, nothing against the project at all. I'm going to go thumbs sideways. Um, I'm giving this one a thumbs down. Uh, when when this story first broke, when the real life mm-hmm. story broke, that made me uncomfortable. So I have zero interest in. <laughs> voluntarily making myself uncomfortable. <laughs> Lydia. So I didn't know what it was until you started talking about it, and then I remembered that I've seen uh, like clips from that mm-hmm. thing on YouTube or Facebook or something. Um, it's interesting that they're making a dramatization, whatever, out of this. But I'm concerned because a lot of these things tend, tend to like over-romanticize things mm-hmm. like this. Thumb sideways. Mm-hmm. That's my worry as well. Uh, Matt, let's talk Striker Force 7. So, free comic book day. Woo-hoo. We're getting a new superhero. Not just any superhero. Ronaldo, the <clears throat> football star, is going to star in his own comic. Um, basically just going to read the recap. because. So, the world's biggest superstar is now becoming the world's next big superhero. Cristiano Ronaldo stars in his first superhero project based on the animated series in production. So there's a cartoon coming here as well. Led by Cristiano, a motley crew of super-powered agents from around the world must protect the Earth from annihilation, provided Cristiano can teach them how to work as a team. They're here to save the Earth, but who's going to save them from each other? So this releases on Free Comic Book Day. In general, I think, okay, cool premise you know like help everybody learn help everybody learn to work as a team it's a good you know mantra for kids to learn and maybe be attracted to as far as free comic book day but why why like why are we making like like soccer stars into superheroes i'm gonna go thumbs down um at at the comic book shop that i go to uh on free comic book day they limit it to five comic books and I never really take the time to go to the other ones in town on free comic book day just because whatever. Anyway, so I say that. With those five comics, I always, like, there are always, like, a couple that, like, I have to force myself to get because I'm not leaving without the five comics, you know? <laughs> I feel like this might be the one for me. Because it's just like, <laughs> why not? Could be a fun read. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a thumbs up. Lydia. So the thing that you just said, are, is this 
basically Space Jam with soccer. <laughs> what? <laughs> Definitely thumbs yeah. up now. <laughs> Definitely. Because that was all I was thinking after you said that was just fate. <laughs> I think I've heard this story before, but I don't know. This it just seems weird. Thumb sideways. Damn them. Ronaldo, in comic book form, in real life form, in paper form, in print form, all day, every day. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha, um, let's talk about... Oh! The Lin-Manuel Miranda desk has made its way to gut reaction. Oh my, it has, hasn't it? Um, do you guys remember that time that Brooklyn Nine-Nine almost went away and then it didn't? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, Lin, <clears throat> against my advice to him, um, was one of the reasons that it did not go away. Um, so now he's going to be on an episode. It's going to air on March 7th. It's called The Golden Child. He's playing Amy's brother, which I don't know what that means or who that is. <laughs> um, I just hate Andy Samberg so much, guys. <laughs> like, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to go out of my way to watch this to support Lynn because I'm a good girlfriend. But, <laughs> but Andy Samberg has the world's second most punchable face. And I just want to kill him. So I'm going <laughs> down. Mitch, your face is not the first most punchable. I am curious about who it is. <laughs> Ansel Elgort. Okay. Oh yeah. World's most punchable face. <laughs> Matt. Um, you know, usually pretty much anything uh, Lin Manuel Miranda does is golden. Um, <laughs> but no. Really. He, I think he made a pun without realizing he made a pun, and you got shamed for it. I did. The, the name of the, the episode, episode is The Golden Child. Oh, I did. Oh. I wasn't even thinking about that. because oh. he doesn't listen to my talk. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> In other news. Um, so <laughs> I, I want to go... Yeah, we're just going to go thumbs down, because, like... As much as Lin-Manuel Miranda is fantastic, he doesn't need to subject himself to this or us. I, at the risk of getting shamed, I've never seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but like as the seasons progressed, like I keep telling myself that I might want to check this show out. Um, it, it might be funny. Second most punchable face, Mitch. <laughs> but not the first. Uh, no. Anyway. No, but it sounds like yours might be moving up the list. You're not yeah. careful. <laughs> Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda is not going to be the reason that I start watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but if I ever do watch it and get caught up, I will be happy when that episode comes in. So I'll go ahead and give it a thumb sideways. Lydia. I don't really have any frame of reference for this show. Like, I've not really heard any great things about it. So based on that, I don't think Lin can save whatever this is. So I'm going to go thumbs down. Um, Matt, let's talk uh, Capcom. So... I mean, this is really just super short. Um, Capcom has released almost their entire library of video game scores to Spotify. Everything from Mega Man, Street Fighter, Monster Hunter, basically all of it. Capcom has not responded as to why now or why at all they've decided to put these on Spotify. But if you've ever wanted to sit and listen to the entire Mega Man soundtrack, because you now can. Um, I don't know that I'm going to go search this out, um, explicitly, but like there's some pretty awesome music from some of these games. So I think in general, it's a cool idea that there's a lot more of this out there. Um, especially cause it's probably all instrumental, um, which is something I definitely turn to when it comes to like sitting down to do my writing. So I'm going to go thumbs up. Yeah. Um, I'm going thumbs up on this one. I, it's, it, I like, kind of like you said, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to actually seek it seek it out mm. but it's awesome lydia i love listening to video game music but i'm mad that i have to go to spotify to do it <laughs> so for that reason thumb sideways lydia's got beef with uh, spotify tabitha um, it doesn't work for me um <laughs> fair yeah that it doesn't would, behave that would give me beef as well um i listen to movie scores all day because i'm weird so <laughs> that's not weird i, I all day. Like, just movie scores over and over and over. Get real mad at James Horner for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the middle of my Wednesday. That's where that came from. Okay. That's where that came from. I got very upset with James Horner. Um, so this is right up my alley. Uh, I like to put on 
movie scores that kind of relate to books that I'm reading, so I will have to see if I can do that with video games. So we'll see mm. what happens. Ooh, nice. You have to report your findings, though. I'll forget, but remind me. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, in Sacramento, they uh, the um, the Parks Commission recommended uh, the, the city rename a couple of parks for a couple of people. Um, they recommended renaming St. Rose of Lima Park downtown to late developer uh, Ali Yousefi and uh, Richfield Park in Meadowview to none other than LeVar Burton. LeVar was, uh, has lived in Sacramento. Well, I, I don't know that he still lives there, but he, uh, he grew up in Sacramento. He moved there when he was three years old. Um, but yeah, so the uh, Richfield Park, it's been recently upgraded. It's three acres. It has basketball courts, a turf amphitheater, picnic area with shade canopy. Um, anyway, so they said that, uh, LeVar has always been proud of his Sacramento roots and he continues to use his career and his influence to be a strong advocate for literacy, for literacy, for children. I can't read. How ironic. (laughs) 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 Um, yes. Giving this giant thumbs up. Lydia. It's cool that they're thinking about changing the names to people like that. Mm-hmm. If they were trying to change it to somebody that just like didn't really do anything for community or anything like that, then it would be one thing. But I think this is a cool choice, so thumbs up. Hey guys, let's rename uh, Richfield Park to Cardi B Park. Oh uh, my god, no. Give it a few years and that's going to start happening. You guys know that, right? That's how time works. But uh <laughs> LeVar Burton, all day long. Yes, please. Thumbs up. <laughs> Matt. Absolutely thumbs up on this. Fabulous idea. And it sounds like a, like they've chosen some great people like as some of these first uh, you know recipients. Mm-hmm. So, um, Tabitha, we're going to close out Gut Reaction with you and Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. So Disney is reportedly looking at either doing a sequel or a live ad- action adaptation of Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, this has been out for 25 years because it came out in 1993. So in other news, I am officially old AF. So that's fine. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs down. Um, I don't want or need a sequel. I don't want or need them to take the stunning, beautiful magic that was that stop motion animation and destroy it by trying to make it live action. Um, like, Nightmare Before Christmas is the thing I watch when I put up my Christmas tree. Like, it means something to me. Like, it's a tradition for me. Like, there are some things that are just too sacred to mess with. And Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas is one of them for me. Like, once again, leave it alone. <laughs> now, before before we go on, would it change your mind at all if they got Tim Burton involved in whatever they're doing? Tim Burton circa 1995, yes. Tim Burton circa now, absolutely not. Because he lost Helen to Bottom Carter and his whole directing career has taken a nosedive. So, <laughs> no. Fair enough. I'm also, I have beef with Tim Burton. Like, Lydia has beef with Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work for her. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> Man. This is just another one of those Disney projects that don't need to happen. Like, I feel like all the other live-action remakes don't need to happen. And, yes, this is just as much a classic Disney movie as the rest of those movies. And there's no way, there's no possible way that whether you do a sequel or a live-action version, you're going to do justice to the original. So, thumbs down. Um, so, I've never seen that for that movie. I can't talk because I'm scared of all three of you right now. <laughs> I'm terrified. I know this is your house, but for your safety and security, I recommend leaving. <laughs> Fair. BRB. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know, I'm I'm gonna give it a thumb sideways. I definitely see what you're what you're saying, and especially if they do a live action, I don't I don't see that ending well. Mm-mm. But, you know, first off this is like super, super, super early development, so like whatever. Um, so I think it remains to be seen what they do anyway before I can form a solid judgment. So thumb sideways, Lydia. I agree with you too. This doesn't need to happen, whether it's a live action remake or a sequel, because live action would be horrible. Mm-hmm. No matter how they go about it, there's no way they can make those characters look right in live action. No. No. And if they try to do a sequel, given 
today's technology or whatever, mm-hmm. they're not going to use stop motion, and no, it's no. not going to be the same. No. no, it'll be CGI, and they'll try and make it look like it's stop motion, but yep. it's CGI, and, and it's it'll just going to be awful. So absolutely, thumbs down. All right, so we have um, a few things to review, both from Lionforge and from Vault. Um, the first one that I want to talk about, um, just because now with with all the other ones, some of us read some of them, but with this first one, we all got a chance to read it, and we did uh, talk about it at our during our live show at LodgeCon. But towards the end, there were some technical difficulties. Um, so first off, we're not even a hundred percent for sure that that's gonna make it um, make it up and also if it does I want to make sure that we talk about this without it being cut off because like I said this mm-hmm. is at the very tail end so um, this came out last week uh, it's from Lion Forge it's fast enough Bessie Stringfield's first ride now um, <clears throat> it's the um, it's uh, it's a fictional account of a young Bessie Stringfield who was one of the first African-American women to travel solo across the United States on a motorcycle uh, I actually, I, and I think we talked about this uh, before, like maybe a couple months back when they first mm-hmm. announced it. So before then, I had no idea who Bessie Stringfield was. Um, but this uh, this book, it's written and uh, illustrated by Joel Christian Gill. And he said um, about, uh, about this book, he said that fast enough is for anyone who has ever been told that they are not enough. You are enough just as you are. And Bessie's story proves, uh, proves that. So... This is part of the um, Cub House imprint, um, so aimed at younger readers. I loved it. Uh, the The fictional aspect of the story was phenomenal. It was a good story. And then also what they did, which is something that I would like to see happen more with these stories about fictional people, whether it's from Lion Forge or from other publishers. But they had like, um, like almost half the book, I think, mm-hmm. of... And it told Bessie's life, mm-hmm. you know, and told how some of her tales or some of her stories may have been more exaggerated than normal, mm-hmm. but uh, but still, uh, I thought it was a great book. What did you guys mm-hmm. think? I loved this. I thought it was super cute. And my favorite part of it was the part toward the end where we got her real life story or mm-hmm. what we know of her real life story since some of it was clearly exaggerated. And as I was reading it, I was that part, I was thinking, you know, a girl who basically makes up her entire background of her life and still is this like figure that now we get to know about like props to you girl like you just were like i didn't like my childhood so i'm gonna make up a new one like (laughs) i felt that to my core like i get it (laughs) so uh lydia what do you think um i thought it was amazing as well i did like the bit at the end uh where it's explained because it kind of trans transitioned from being a kid's book and being aimed at a younger generation to having that bit of excerpt where older readers could get more information and maybe pass on that knowledge to the younger ones that were reading it. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. It was. And, you know, and, and to kind of piggyback off that before before we jump to you, Matt, like, yeah, you're right. That that end was, it was more heavy, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. Than, than the story. But it was done in such a way that, like, the kid who was reading that story could still read, you know, right. mm-hmm. read that mini biography, I guess. Um but Matt, what'd you think? <clears throat> Just another fantastic publication by Lion Forge. Like when they do these, um, you know, these Cub House books, they they hit the nail on the head like every time. Like the the art style, the story, the lesson, the information. It just like I mean, as far as like just a publisher goes, like. They just continue to hit it out of the park every time they do one of these. And I think mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And they're great stories and always things that whether it's this is a taco and the lesson that's, you know, in this is a taco to this, you know, it it's just awesome that they keep doing this and keep pushing these things out there. I do want to point out before before we move on um, and, and not to take anything away from the book because it was a phenomenal book. But why is it that, like, of all the stuff that we've read from Lion Forge, like, <laughs> This is a Taco is our collective favorite? By the way, since we're talking about This is a Taco, did anyone else notice the squirrel throughout? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. I kept pointing it out like squirrel. I really, so squirrel. I kept watching squirrel? and hoping to see if there was a taco in there. I really did. 
Um, because the best thing any of us have ever read is this is a taco. <laughs> We're fairly predictable humans. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. We're it was about food, so <laughs> we like food. We like squirrels. Like, <laughs> if only, if only this is a taco had a cameo from Colonel Sanders. Stop it. <laughs> What's our next topic? I'm segueing us. <laughs> so, sticking with Lion Forge, uh, Dinosaurs Volume One came out yesterday, I believe. Um, Tabitha. Tabitha and I, Ooh. I've been drinking too much coffee. It happens. It's a thing. <laughs> um, Tabitha and I both got a chance to read it. Matt, you said you got to read a mm. little bit of it. Yep. Um, Tabitha, let's start with you. What did you think of this one? Um, my first note when I was like reading this was laser shooting Dinobots in, st- in space. Like, yes, please. Um, and then my next note was, why is this like a good, bad 80s action sci-fi film? And then like... I was talking to Matt about it later, and he was like, well, it's because it was this cartoon. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> because I didn't read the intro, because why, why would anybody ever do that? I'm like that monster that doesn't read the prologue of a book. But um, I really liked this. I thought it was really fun. I wish I had had that knowledge, because mm-hmm. I didn't read it, um, <laughs> beforehand. But I, I, I loved this. I thought it was great. Um, Matt, let, let's go ahead and talk, like... You know, as, however far you went, like, what what were your initial thoughts? I mean, I freaking love this. Like, this is, like, nostalgia to the core for me. Like, I would talk about this cartoon series, and people are like, this wasn't a thing. What are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, it is a thing. It was a thing. And now there's proof that it was a thing, because it's come back. Um, but it is. It's just, it's, and I did, I did read the prologue. And it, one, it's awesome that the original creator of Dinosaucers is the one that wrote the graphic novel, which is fantastic. So his idea continues, carries through. Um, and part of what he says in the intro and what he tries to do and what he does, even just in the very beginning that I got to read, is to basically take it up a level from a, an 80s kids sci-fi cartoon and make it kind of like a PG-13, like a little bit darker story. Um, and there's definitely some things even early on where you can see society's influence today on the story mm-hmm. with... Obviously, with the cell phones and hacking and that kind of stuff. But there's... Um, I couldn't help but laugh about the whole space security department. All I can think was Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a Space Force! Um, but it was just... It, it's fantastic. And I can't wait to sit back down and read the rest of this. Um, to kind of piggyback off the the Space Force. And I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to talk too much because I don't know how far you got. But in Chapter 2... Um, there's there's a little bit of shade thrown at, at some <laughs> world leaders, and I thought that was I thought that was glorious. Yeah. Um, for me, and and yeah, and I I never saw the cartoon, mm. but I was aware of it, mm. and I was aware that this was based off of the cartoon. Uh, to me, when I was reading this, it was like I was reading a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Like, why don't I have a bowl of cereal with me right now? <laughs> why am I not like sit like you know like crisscross applesauce? Like, <laughs> I mean, you could have been. But I wasn't. <laughs> I was like, why isn't this a thing? Um, but yeah, but like, and it, and, and part of the reason why it felt like a Saturday morning cartoon is because like, it, it dealt a lot with global warming and its mm-hmm. after effects and whatnot. And that mm-hmm. was, that was a thing with Saturday morning cartoons, not necessarily global warming, but a lot of them had, you know, like those, a real life, you know, like the social mm-hmm. message or exactly. the environmental message exactly. that tagged along to it. Captain Planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's our hero. Um, the, nope. the only, the only thing that did, I don't want to say it bugged me, but like, it, it was one thing that kind of kept going back to me. Um, when, uh, in chapter two, like, and it's not a huge spoiler, but like when, when Paul meets up with, you know, the, what was it? The, not the secret society, the secret scouts, secret, secret scouts. scouts. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, when he meets up with the secret scouts, uh, like, it's just kind of like, hey, you're part of the team. Okay, cool. Like, I wanted, I wanted there to be like a little bit of, I don't want to say distrust, but I didn't, you know, like I was just kind of like, man, if that were me, I'd be like, mm, who are you, people? I need, I need to know more. Yeah. But other than that, welcome I, to a Sadie Saturday morning cartoon, right? Other than that, uh, I loved it, and I can't wait for more. So, um, I'm gonna move on to Vault. Got a couple things to talk about there. 
And the first one's actually going to be all Tabitha. Uh, Vagrant Queen came out yesterday, uh, the trade paperback. And I think we got a chance to read the first issue of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. way back when. But uh, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to read this. So, Tabitha, what were your thoughts on it? Um, as I was reading it, I was like, this is vaguely familiar to me. And then I remembered that we did get to read that first issue. Um, I am a sucker for an exiled Space Queen story. Like, that is just, like, my thing. So when I remembered what this was about and I got a little bit further into it, I was completely invested. Um, female, adventure, space. The cast is, like, incredibly diverse, but in, like, a like an alien kind of way. Like, this reminds me of, like, one of my favorite books of all time, like, with the very diverse, like, alien cast. Like, it's just, it's intriguing to see all these different characters come in and how different they all are and how like inclusive it was of these characters and alita is just enough the main character is just enough of a smart ass to like make you laugh but like in a serious like i'm grumpy with you kind of way (laughs) and i really appreciated that the only beef i have with this is sometimes the art gets a little funky for me Mm -hmm. when it's like a big scene happening. I'm losing stuff here and there because it's too much happening. But I really liked this. Like, you would really like this, Lydia. Like, this is definitely your thing. (laughs) Like, you would really like this. You will like this. You will like it. You will go home and you will read it and you will like it and I will get a book report on it from you next Thursday. (laughs) I feel like we all have to write a book report now. I'm scared. Yes, you do. No, but you would really like it. Like, it's it's that kind of, like, girl power humor that I think you would really like. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, so the last thing from Vault um, also came out yesterday, um, and it was Frendo number four, and we've kind of kept up with Frendo. Um, I, and, and I know, Matt, you said you read a little bit of it. Uh, man, like... Here's my thing. Like, I I really enjoy this story. I want to, once it's all over, I want to go back. <laughs> and, and, and hell, even before issue five comes out, I want to go back and reread, reread the first four. Cause I, and, and, and this isn't necessarily anything against Frendo itself. But um, I have issues sometimes just because I have so many comics that I'm reading that from month to month, I forget some things. Yeah. And so, and that is definitely what I've got going on with Frendo right now. Because it's kind of like, wait, what? Hold on. (laughs) You know? And then by about the end of the issue, I remember everything. And then now I have to wait 30 more days. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so like where we're at right now, Jerry and Leo have kind of become pop stars, kind of, (laughs) um, with their, um, with their exploits. Um, but yeah, so they, uh, they become pop stars, but at the same time, there are others who are trying to end that, and that's kind of what we're seeing. So I don't want to go too much further, uh, but Matt, from what you read, what were your thoughts? This just continues to be, this is like the one, like, most of the time when I read things, whether it's science fiction or horror or whatever it is. Like, when you're weird or gory just for the sake of being that, you lose me. Like, like the movie like movie Hostel I tried to watch, like, that's just gore just for the sake of being gory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some science fiction novels out there that, again, it just, like, you're just being weird to try and be weird, not for the sake of the story. And this is, like, the one exception for me with that, where, like, things just continue to get weird, but I go with it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't really kind of know why I do that, but I do. I'm like, I'm in like pretty much all there is. Yeah. So, and that's the thing too. Like, I feel like it, it hasn't done it with every issue, but most of the issues that have come out, uh, there's only been four, but whatever. Um, (laughs) but like, especially, especially that first issue, like you see that more often where it's like, it ends on a cliffhanger where it's like, oh, so is this just the end of it? Okay. I thought, (laughs) oh, continued next issue. Like. How are they going to get out of this one? Like, <laughs> so, um, moving on, uh, got a couple of couple more Hulu stories. And Matt, let's start with you and um, how they might be bringing back some Netflix shows. Quite, I don't know, not quite possibly, but maybe iffy. I don't know. Um, during Hulu's presentation at the Tele- Television Critics Association, um, the senior VP. 
mentioned that he would basically be open to reviving um, the Marvel Netflix series. Uh, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, because at this point we still don't have any information about uh, Jessica Jones or um, Punisher. Uh, But um, anyway, those three in particular. Um, And at first you can kind of like just kind of blow this off as like, yeah, you're just, you know, you know, putting your iron in the fire or whatever. Um, but then putting your iron in the fist. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it didn't want you to do it. It really didn't. Like what happened? Who broke my bell? <laughs> you can break my bell. <laughs> <laughs> we already had the list out. You're welcome. <laughs> Efficiency, I like it. Uh, um but the thing to remember about this is that Disney already has a stake in Hulu, um, which is going to just grow to be 60% stake after this 21st Century Fox merger is completed. Um, so, you know, it's it's a possibility. Um, Hulu is getting four new adult animated series from Marvel, which it does include Howard the Duck. Um my thunder, Matt. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Um, but then he also said that Marvel has a ton of titles that they'd be interested in. It just kind of depends on when they're ready and who, most importantly, is going to be behind these things. Um, I didn't realize until I was reading these stories. And and I say I didn't realize. I think I had heard that number before. But I didn't realize how much of Hulu that Disney is going to mm-hmm. own. So, essentially, Disney is going to have two streaming services. Mm-hmm. That's part of what I don't quite understand. Um, you know, I think they own 30% now, so it'll double to 60 when this is all said and done. Um, but the, the other thing the article did mention was that this might just be a possibility that, um, Hulu could be a venue for the more adult, darker Marvel content Mm -hmm. while Disney plus maintains the family aspect. Which I could see that because yeah, the last thing you need is for your seven year old to accidentally start watching the Punisher. Huh. You know. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. <laughs> so. That doesn't sound like a good idea. Um, but uh, as, as Matt was uh, starting to say, um, Hulu has announced uh, four new animated series. Um, well, four plus a special. Uh, but there's going to be um, series based on uh, Modoc, Hitmonkey, um, Tigra, and Daz- uh, Dazzler, which will actually be the first... Um, Disney property that's going to have uh, an Avenger teaming up with an X-Man. And then also Howard the Duck. Um, And then they are going to all uh, come together for the Offenders. I am in for this for both (laughs) Howard the Duck and Hitmonkey. Um, I love both of those characters so, so much. Um, If you don't know who Hitmonkey is, he is a Hitman who is also a monkey. Gathering by the name that that was... yeah. So, yeah. So, I cannot wait. Um, let's see. But, yeah. Um, yeah, don't have a whole, whole lot of information. I mean, they gave out, like, short descriptions on each of the uh, each of the shows, but I'm not really going to go into those right now just because we are kind of running low on time. But, uh, but yeah, but Howard the Duck, I, I really want for, um, was it Seth Green mm-hmm. that cameoed? Yeah. I would love for him to voice Howard the Duck again. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So, um, sticking with Hulu one more time, um, Hulu apparently has a 60% stake in the Geek Awakens. Um, <laughs> Tabitha, let's talk uh, The Devil in White City. We're not making enough money if Hulu has a 60% sponsored, but. <laughs> right? Um, so. Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese. Ooh, <laughs> Who? My Hamilton County came out. Martin Scorsese, there we go, are developing a series of Hulu based on Eric Larson's best-selling book, Devil in the White City. Um, it's the true crime story of the an architect that worked the World's Fair in Chicago in 1893, and H.H. Holmes, the, you know, him and his murder castle in Chicago. Um, the project has been passed around since 2003, when the film rights were sold. And Warner Brothers had it, Paramount had it. Finally, Leonardo DiCaprio, who was like invested in the story, is like his favorite book of all time. Was like, screw you guys, I'm buying it. So now he bought the rights for himself because he's Leonardo DiCaprio. Why not? Um, we don't have a release date. 
We don't know any details. We don't know if Leo will be starring in the movie. It's Leo, so I'm going to go ahead and he's assume gonna he's gonna 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 probably going to be in it because he's Leo. He's probably going to be A.J. Holmes. 10 out of 10 will watch that. I mean, right? 10 out of 10 was going to watch it anyway. But uh, I mean, he would he would pick that to be him, so like, yeah. he just would. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. But uh, <laughs> we don't have any details, but it's coming. So, um, Matt, let's talk real quick about the Dice Awards. So the Dice Awards were... Dicey? Dice? No. They were this week. Um, what is wrong with you? <laughs> too much coffee. I really don't so, think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, as long as I've known about the Dice Awards, I never actually knew what they stood for, so I went and looked this up just to in uh, get everybody up to speed here. Uh, Dice stands for Design, Innovate, Communicate, and Entertain. Um, they are video game awards. Um, they This year... Um, they're kind of not necessarily like the Grammys or the Oscars, but they're like the Screen Actors Guild Awards. So like, like second tier kind of, if you almost would, I guess. Um, but still pretty prestigious. Um, the big news here for, for this year's awards is that God of War won nine out of 23 categories. Wow. To put this in perspective, last year's game of the year, won four awards, which was uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wind. Wild. So that was... Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Um, so that was last year's Game of the Year, and it only won four categories. God of War won nine, including Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction, uh, Outstanding Achievement in Game Design, Outstanding Achievement in Story, uh, Outstanding Achievement in Original Music Composition, Outstanding Achievement in Sound Design, uh, game of the Year, Adventure Game of the Year, and Outstanding Achievement in Character for Kratos, and Outstanding Achievement in Art Direction. Like, basically, like, as far as I can tell from everything else that I've read, it's basically like sweeping, you know, best actor, best actress, picture, your director, um, you know, picture of the year kind of thing. So that's pretty impressive to just, you know, pull that off and win as many categories as they did, so... Yeah, just going off of that, uh, yeah, um, just looking at it real quick, so far I've only seen two categories that they were nominated for that they didn't win. Um, outstanding Achievement in the Animation, and then what was the other one? Don't mind me. It's a lot of words. I mean, there were, there were two other games that did win multiple categories, Celeste, and I cannot remember the other one off the top of my head. So it's not unheard of to win multiple categories, but nine is kind of uh, extreme. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, let's go ahead, Lydia. Let's talk about uh, since we were talking about Legend of Zelda from last year, let's go ahead and talk about uh, Legend of Zelda again. Yeah. So uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening is getting remade for the Switch. Um, it was originally released in 1993 on the Game Boy, so it's been a minute since this game has been out. Um, but they are going to be remastering it for the Switch. It does not say remakes, so I'm not. I'm assuming that they're going to be sticking to the original gameplay mechanics, all that, just with better graphics. But yeah, so that's going to be happening. Nice. Um, let's see. All right, got got time for a couple more stories. Um, sticking with games, uh, we're going to go shoot, uh, shoot back to Matt and what's going on with Activision and Blizzard. Um. So a few weeks ago when we talked about um, part of, I'm drawing a blank, part of uh, the studio breaking off, um, <clears throat> there was also talk about <clears throat> um, investigation into their investment practices. Now <clears throat> they're, I don't know, things are not going great. Um, so Activision Blizzard is expected to lay off 8% of their workforce, which equates to 800 jobs. Lord. <clears throat> yeah, that's a pretty hefty number of jobs. Um, the Blizzard president said that, quote, staffing levels on some teams are out of proportion with their with our current release slate. This means the need to scale down some areas of our organization, end quote. So basically, they've got too many people working on projects that are not either coming soon or, you know, basically just too many people working on a project that doesn't need that many people on it. Um, so it looks like you're going to downsize that. But they also have said that some of their biggest projects um, are actually going, their biggest franchises are actually going to be increasing in size. 
um, enabling teams to accelerate the pace and quality of content. Uh, so if you didn't know, Candy Crush is an Activision Blizzard product. Uh, so Candy Crush is one of those that they count as their um, core franchises. Uh, Call of Duty, Overwatch, Hearthstone, Warcraft, and Diablo are also part of that. And all of those groups are expected to grow as much as 20%. Okay. So they're going to increase the size of the development teams there <laughs> while they lay off 8% of their total workforce. Wow. Hmm. So it's kind of a give and take. Yeah. Makes you wonder if they're going to offer some of the people that they're laying off jobs in those in other the, fields. Yeah. I mean, that would be the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Lydia, let's shoot back to you and the uh, what Stranger or what Dungeons and Dragons is doing with Stranger Things. So, they are releasing a new starter pack for Dungeons and Dragons based on uh, Stranger Things. It is basically the storyline that Mike has made up in the show. <gasps> it, <laughs> it, it is coming with um, character sheets for all the characters that they have made, so you can play as the characters that they have made. Um, it also comes with... Uh, lost my notes here, hold on. Detailed rules, character sheets, and two Demogorgon figures, one of which is uh, you can paint and customize. So, it says it's a good place to start if you're not into Dungeons & Dragons, and if you are, then it's good for a collecting thing. Um, it is also only $24.99 on Amazon. Nice. Not a bad price. Mm -hmm. I would totally geek out on that. Yeah. I've never played Dungeons & Dragons, and I'm not saying that I would buy this. Drunk Mitch might. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is there a limit to what Drunk Mitch would or would not purchase? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to find out. <laughs> but anyway, um, but uh, but yeah. So I'm not saying that I would buy it, but like, if somebody was like, "Hey, I got this new version of Dungeons and Dragons. You want to try it?" <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Tabitha, let's go ahead and get wicked. Oh God, I hate that you just said that. <laughs> we have a release date. December 22nd, 2021, for Wicked, the musical, on the big screen, where it should have been this whole time. Um, the studio decided that it would have rather rather do that live-action Cats that it's working on, so instead of 2019, where we were supposed to be getting this, which is this year, in case anybody's wondering, um, <laughs> we're getting it in 2021, but don't worry, we're getting live-action Cats first. Um, supposedly, we're getting two new songs. <laughs> I'm not bitter at all, by the way. Um, but we are getting two new songs, which I don't know how I feel about that yet. Mm. I'm gonna need to mm, we're gonna need to talk about the new songs. Um, there's no casting yet, and I just want casting. Like, I follow all these weird, like, Broadway people who have been, like, predicting who they're going to cast in, like, the two main roles of Glinda and Elphaba. Like, here's the problem. <sighs> Glinda and Elphaba are so... Mm -hmm. Like it, they they are Kristen Chenoweth and Kristen yeah. Chenoweth. They can't be anybody else. Yeah. But they're too old to play them at this point. Yeah. They waited. Too they waited long. too long to do this. <laughs> so now they're going. Well, crap. Who can we get that's going to even measure up to these guys? Now let me ask you this. Okay. Um. Now let's let's look at you know like because Marvel has done this a lot. They're going to be doing it with Captain Marvel and Samuel L. Jackson. Would you be okay with them de aging? those two actresses to play those roles again. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I don't know. Kristen Jenner's voice in these days is getting kind of... <laughs> <clears throat> she... Just um, the old cast recording and make her <clears throat> lip sync it. That I can do. Yeah, that's... I mean, Adina can still sing her part. But... That's true. Yeah, they, they are getting a little... They're getting a little up there. I do hope that those two have roles in this movie, mm -hmm. like whether they're... I don't think they'll be the main roles or not, but I... I hope and I have my predictions of who they will be. Krista can be Madame Marvel. Yes. I really hope, I really hope that they get parts in this. But, uh, Samantha Barks, um, who played in the film version of Les Mis, she played Eponine. Mm. The, like, the day that it was told that we had, like, an actual, like, this was actually happening, she put in her notice for the Broadway play she was in. So, all of my fingers, toes, eyes, elbows, legs... Everything is crossed that she's taking on Alphaba, but 
I can't be that lucky because that's not how my life works. But I can see it. I want it so bad. That's the only thing I want in the whole wide world. But Wicked, yeah. <laughs> starring Andy Samberg as Elphaba. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that this is your house. You've lost possession. <laughs> Man. Oh, oh so oh, I hate his pale, punchable face. <laughs> even, even green. Even green, purple. Green means go. Yeah, green means <laughs> punch it. In. I gotta hate him so much. Are we done? <laughs> we've got one. We're done with this. We've got, we've got one more story. And um, when I was reading this story, um, and, and you guys are gonna find out why in a minute, um, I came up with an infomercial for it. Oh, oh Lord. No. God help us. These moments are the moments when I wish we were still on camera. Yeah, right. Because the look that all of us just like made in a circle. <laughs> Except for me, I didn't make the look. Okay, well, in a Direct, yeah. whatever, triangle. Triangle, whatever. Carry so, on, Mitch. Anyway. <laughs> so, has this ever happened to you? Oh man, these chips are awesome and so greasy. But wait. That babe I swiped right with is calling me. I can't answer the phone without getting grease and crumbs all over it. No! <laughs> so. I'm just going to sit here and slow blink at you until you're done. <laughs> I have secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> you right. act like that's new. <laughs> For me, it's not. So, um, so uh, yeah, I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's what? based out of Tokyo. Uh, they have developed this product. It's called One Hand Chips. It's a snack that comes in a lot of different flavors, uh, but it's splintered into smaller pieces and packaged in a pouch with a rippable corner that the snacker can basically drink the product or just pour it straight into their mouth. Now, the plus side is this of this is now you can drink this while playing on your phone or playing video games or whatever, and not having to worry about getting crumbs or grease or whatever on your device. I mean, you could have done this with a bag of chips the whole time. You just break it up and dump it in your throat like a monster. (laughs) (laughs) She's not wrong. Also, let me see this paper. I want to see if you're you're pronouncing this right. (laughs) I mean, probably not. What's the benefit here? Like, other than, I mean, it's just a chip, but it's smaller and you can... Which, really, honestly, you can just do that yourself. Like, take the bag, smash it against the counter, rip the corner off, and then sit down and eat your chips that way. Well, I think <laughs> the bag itself is kind of designed to be more handheld. Let me see if I can pull up a picture for you guys mm. so you can kind of see it. Um, obviously, if you're listening to us right now, um, which you're probably not because you turned it off at my um, infomercial. But, hey, it's okay. <laughs> Um, it's like, oh, we've reached this part. We're in the infomercial stage. <laughs> it's like when you're trying to go to bed and the infomercials start happening on TV. You're like, I've been awake too long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Too bad that doesn't really happen like as much anymore. I also kind of miss those. To mm-hmm. be same, <laughs> honest with you. But yeah, so they're kind of like they're kind of handheld size. Although that hand looks really big. Okay, so it's kind of like a big grab bag. Okay, but here, here's the thing also. Does, I don't know if they still make these, but do you guys remember the Grippets that Cheez-It and Chips Ahoy made? Mm, not Vaguely. Really. It was a little handheld pouch that you ripped the corner off of, and it was teeny tiny little Cheez-Its or Chips Ahoy that you could literally just dump in your mouth and eat. It's the same thing. Oh. Well, Lydia just rained on my parade. Sorry, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia didn't rain on your parade. She rained on Japan. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Just like, just like Godzilla. Wait, did you just call me a fire-breathing lizard? <laughs> wow, bitch! Rude! <laughs> That's all the time we have for this episode of The Geek Awakens. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, we'll be posting news on Facebook and Twitter throughout the week, so be sure to follow us there, unless Lydia kills me. <laughs> While you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. From all, uh, all of us at the Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll be back next week. I might not be, though. <laughs> Everybody, say bye. Bye! bye. <laughs>